What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of We Run This, the podcast for serious runners, hosted by a guy who's not usually serious about anything. That guy's me. I'm Chris Illuminati. And this week, we're doing something a little bit different. You know, sometimes life kind of just gets in the way and, and things get crazy and just stuff goes wrong. Well, for the past couple of weeks, things have just kind of gone wrong. Between me moving into a new apartment and not having internet and uh, one of my guests actually having to cancel because she had a baby. I mean, look, things happen. And how dare that kid be born on my time? Anyway, what I'm saying here is I didn't get to record any podcasts. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to play one of the old podcasts, an episode that not many people have probably heard because it's from way in the beginning. Uh, this episode was with myself, uh, my old co-host, Nick, and my friend, Don Povia. And we talked about the weird rules of running in marathons and, and some of the, the, the rules that marathon runners have to follow uh, during a race. Uh, it was one of my favorite episodes because some of the rules were absolutely ridiculous and we had a good time talking about them. So I um, hope you all enjoy this old episode and don't forget to like share and uh, give us a good review on iTunes because, uh, you know, we could really use it. I keep saying we, it's only me. I can't, I can't stop getting used to that. Anyway, so here's me, Nick and Don talking about uh, the weird rules that marathon runners have to follow. Welcome to another edition of We Run This, the podcast about running and the running lifestyle. I'm Chris Luminati. With me once again is Nick Domingo. And Nick, we actually have a guest today. We do. Finally, we got one. We're moving up in the world. In all fairness, we did not try to get any guests before this. We kind of like, so, so we're actually one for one. I was going to say we're one for one. We're bet a thousand. I'll take that. We should probably stop here. This would be the only guest and we'll, we'll go down one for one. But uh, joining me today, joining us today, I should say, is Don Povia. Don and I have been friends for years. Don, what's going on, man? Not too much. I know I'm not a very special guest. I'm just a guest. That's all right. We'll, we'll work it up till you get some special guests. On. You're the first guest. You're the virgin guest. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> you can say you're the first guest. And, and, and then when you come back, we can not go, uh, which number of podcasts did we have you on? We know we had you. You're the first guest. So you the very first one. The first Fair guest. enough. I'm in. Thank you. Thanks. Good to be here. <laughs> Talking running. I don't get a lot of people I like to talk running with outside of my house. There's a handful. So, uh, yeah, why not take this opportunity? That's right. Don's wife is also a runner and they run together. We'll get to, we'll get to that later because that's actually helpful when someone in your house. Well, Nick, your girlfriend ran too. So that kind of, you know. Well, she used to. Not so much anymore. Now we're, we're like bikers. She's got some messed up hip stuff. So uh, she'd kind of gimp along with a run with me. So I don't think she, it's too enjoyable for her if we were to do it that way. But at least it's, it's helpful when you have a girlfriend or a spouse or a husband that's also into working out. Like I never understand the couples where one person's like an ultra marathoner and the other person like never gets off the couch. I don't get that. Yeah, it helps to be active. Don, I'm sure, I mean, do your wife and you, do you guys like run frequently together? You guys keep it separately and just talk about running afterwards? It, it depends on if we have anything going on. So when I was doing my marathon training, it was pretty solo, but I was, you know, very regimented. So she would take care of the kids. We have three kids at home. So that's always the wrinkle that's sort of in the plans. 
So it's not like we get to work out together quite often or even run together quite often. Although now with the 12 year old, she feels comfortable watching uh, her younger siblings. So it's a little better. So we can go in the neighborhood and do it. But it actually worked out quite well because we'll kind of plan, like I'll do a spring, she'll do a fall or vice versa. And um, yeah, so I really, there is something about being able to do it. I think more that it's the respect of what we're each other is doing. So, you know, it's not like, Hey, I'm going out and run and the other one's being lazy. It's like, okay. It's, and then it's my turn tomorrow. Right. So um, I think that's the more important thing, not necessarily that we can do it together, but that we understand that we can give the, the other person that time because we'll get it, you know, we'll get it back in return. Nice. Who was into it first, Don? Like, I know you always ran, but was, did Angie get into it seriously first or was it you or? Yeah. I mean, I ran a little bit of winter track in high school. And again, this is 20 plus years ago. So don't take that for what it is. But when I did, I kind of ran middle distance. So I would run with the milers sometimes and, and some of the distance guys just occasionally, and then mostly doing sprint type stuff. Um, so I never really ran, you know, 5Ks on, on a regular basis. I remember probably around 2012, 2013, uh, my wife had really gotten into it after we had our second child. After she had our second child, I, I did not do the work on that. And, um, and she really got into it, and I tried it. I remember going out with her. Um, I got about to the halfway mark and was like, okay, let's go back. I didn't understand why people did this. I didn't have the mental aspect of it. Uh, so put it on the shelf for about a year. And then uh, I think it was January 1st, 2014. It was almost like a New Year's resolution. I said, you know what? I'm going to try this again. And the mental part of it clicked. And uh, yeah, so since then for you know the last six years, we've been doing it. But she certainly got me to try it and encourage me to do it. And then realized when I didn't like it, didn't push me and let me come back and find it myself. So, um, you know, putting that 20 year years ago behind, I would say she was the one who really became a runner before I became a runner. Yeah. You and I have the same story where we started later as opposed to Nick who in college used to like wake up half drunk and go run marathons for the fun of it. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything to stay in shape, man, you know, right. Right. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. Right. As wild as it was. And, and Don, so you touched on it before, but, Having a kid now who can watch the other kids is probably a game changer. Like you can do more now with your wife if you wanted to, because you have that like built-in babysitter at home. Yeah. At least once a week, we'll go to the park, sometimes take the dog. She runs with the dog too. Uh, she's mostly into the trails. I'm mostly into roads, but um, you know, we'll find a nice little sort of combination for it. So at least once a week, we try to get out together and, and do either a, a pair run or a you know small group or something like that. So, I mean, that brings us to like, what we're going to basically talk about for most of the podcast, we're talking about running and running marathons. And now Nick and Don have both done marathons. Nick, I think you lost count. Don, how many have you done? Uh, I did my first two last year and two, two very different experiences, which I'm happy to talk about as well. All right. So let, let's, let's touch on them first. We've talked about Nick's marathon. Nick's is just, Nick says, how many do you have Nick? Like a hundred? You don't even know. <laughs> 1,000 I've had. Uh, he's running advice. right now. We don't even know it. Like, you can't see. Yeah. He's actually – that's a green screen, and he's running as we speak. But how many do you have, Nick? Uh, I've got one full, but I've got, like, 20 hats. So, oh, I've got more full. Um, okay. So, all right. Let's, no, add, no, no. let's take all the hats yeah. and make them, like, another two or three full. You've done <laughs> enough, whereas I have none. So, Don, let's talk about your two different ones. What made them so different? 
uh, well, prep, uh, mindset, uh, purpose. Uh, so I'll, I'll just start from the beginning. So I turned 40, uh, in, uh, 2019 and my goal was to run a full marathon for my 40th birthday. Uh, and that's what I was going to do. I was going to do a fall one back then, right before. Um, and then oh, I'm sorry, 20, I guess, yeah, 2019. Uh, I forget the dates. That was the idea. Do it for my birthday. You're 40 now, man. Your, your mind goes. 41 right? now. I, I don't, these quarantine days just get me all mixed up. But the idea was I was turning 40. This was going to be something that I, I shot for. And I was going to do it in the fall, and I was having some foot problems. So I ended up pushing it back and, and did a uh, spring one. I'm looking at my board where I have my times up there yet. 2019, I did the New Jersey Marathon. So uh, I did the Hal Higdon program. Uh, I think it was about 18 weeks. I miscalculated when I counted backwards. So I actually did 19 weeks, doubled a week up there. And um, I really feel like I just kind of peaked. Uh, so, you know, training, that was more winter training. I got lucky with the weather. Um, you know, I did a couple on the uh, on the treadmill, but my longer runs, for the most part, I was able to get outside. Uh, had some training partners. My cousin has run, uh, qualified twice for Boston, ran once. Um, she uh, kind of helped me train quite a bit. Her and there was this other guy, both two young, early twenties folks that just got me running eight minute splits pretty pretty regularly, which was uh, which was crazy. Um, <laughs> so you know, I'm hitting all my milestones as I'm doing my training. Right, longest run, furthest run. You know, first time to hit fifteen twenty. I don't think I'd ever done more than a half uh, up until that point. But the program, I can't speak highly enough. People always say, like, what did you do? And I just point them to Higgins program. Uh, and like I said, it just had me peaking at the right moment. So my goal was, you know, sub four uh, going into it. And um, I realized that my pace was looking pretty good. I ended up finishing a 334, my first marathon, uh, at 334.20. Uh, and had negative splits <laughs> on the back end. So it was, it was amazing. So my wife was a more of a trail runner. Like I said, she was doing after that and her turn to train, she was doing a, um, uh, a 20 mile trail race Had trained up for that 20, 22 miles, whatever it was. And, uh, afterwards she got done and I said, you know, you're not too far off from a marathon. You've already trained up. Why don't, why don't we do one? She's like, would you do it with me? I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it with you. Now, again, I, I hadn't trained on anything, but I, you know, I felt, I felt good. And, uh, so we did the Philly marathon together, uh, in the fall and, uh, I just ran at her pace. Um, she, uh, cried half the way <laughs> and that's not making fun of her. It was raining. It was hilly. Uh, it was actually, she must be listening in cause I just got a text 24 mile trail race. <laughs> 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 she just said so um but super proud we did it together uh stuck by our side ran ran the philadelphia one so i wasn't going for speed i wasn't trained up like i did for the other one um but it was just as much an accomplishment it felt good to to achieve that with her watch her achieve it um and it, it was fun and uh it's funny because we were talking about a week ago we're on vacation we're doing some running together down there and it was like we need something to like strive and shoot for like this really regimented us got us good and just that competitive side, like you get done with these marathons, like never again. And then two or three days later, and certainly three months later, you're like, when's the next one? Where can I go? I really wanted to do the New York and COVID started hitting and things started shutting down around that. I was looking, I missed the lottery. I was looking to get into a, um, uh, like through charity. And, uh, so that's kind of my goal for next one. I'm, I'm once that opens up, I want to, I want to run the New York and, 
you know, possibly do this Jersey one again. It was just so smooth, but I almost don't want to touch that time. Like I'm like, leave that alone because if I do worse, I might be upset with myself <laughs> and I might, might overdo it. So yeah, that, that's kind of the difference was the first one was training up, nailed it. Uh, second one was not training, but doing it for a different reason, but equally fulfilling, just, you know, different feelings. Well, it's funny you bring up crying because I feel like that's one of the reasons I don't do a marathon. And not, not, that, not that I'm going to cry in the middle, but I feel like in the middle, I'm going to go, fuck this. And like, just stop. <laughs> just, you know? You're running along. We're running along the Schuylkill. It's probably around mile 20 mm. and Schuylkill River for everyone out there in Philadelphia. And uh, we're getting to our friend's pizza place. That's not too far up there. I'm like, if you want to stop, like stop at Artie's <laughs> place. I will come pick you up on the way back. Mm. And right around then it just started pouring. Uh, and yeah, got, and then we get to, to this other neighborhood where you hit that, then you hit hills. So it's raining stuff hitting you in the face. Uh, and then, yeah, that back end up, last six miles or so were just nasty nasty weather mm. snow sleet there she is she is listening in <laughs> <laughs> see that's that, that's the thing you touched on too and one of the things about the marathon with me like if i'm if i do do a marathon at first i'm gonna have to do one where it's like maybe residential kind of country-ish because if i have an out and i'm in the middle of the race i'm gonna take that out like if you said to me why don't you go in that pizza place i'd be like see ya and I'll just you're not, no, 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 you're not going to do that. If you're doing it, you're doing of, Yeah, you're committed. There's a lot of people in Nashville. There's a split at like mile 10, mile 10 or 11, where like the half marathoners go left mm -hmm. and the full marathoners go right. And, you know, you've got the red bibs that are half and the blue bibs that are the full. You see a hell of a lot of those full marathon people kind of drifting to the left to say, you know what, maybe I'm not going to do the full anymore about – 10 miles into it. So you always have that decision to make. You're like, I'm going to have to push myself for another. At that point, you've already run 10 miles. I think 16.2, when you're in your own head, and you're like, I'm not going to be able to do this shit. Like you just kind of bail. But uh, like you said, Don, I mean, once you do it, you commit. If you've done the training, especially, which it sounds like you did, even doubling up that week, um, you know, you, you push yourself through. So Chris, I have faith, man. I have faith that you're going to end up doing one and you're actually going to love it and probably do what Don said, where you'll say never again. And then next year will come and you'll be like, fuck man, I got to do it again. The only and, reason I would do it is just so I stop hearing people going, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do mm -hmm. it? It's like kids. Like I was, once you have the kids, no one goes like, oh, when are you going to have kids? Like they stop asking. Yeah, the yeah. Jersey, the Jersey one's actually like that, Nick, the Nashville one. So this is what Demooch and you know our, our mutual friend Chris and I and, and his fiance did. Like they did the half together, peeled off, did it. It also has they do the um, uh, like the team one, right? So everybody does you know five, four miles, six miles, whatever. So you also have different bays where you can piece it out to too. So uh, you know what was really great about that is my my wife had kind of organized. My cousin lived close and. Uh, we had a lot of people there just kind of cheering and supporting. Two of my cousins were there, um, my wife, my uncle, and they kind of spread. Nobody, they didn't stay together. So every X amount of miles, I was seeing them, people that I know kind of cheering me on and pushing me through. Your point about residential, Chris, too, I think that was the most fun part is that the first 10 miles or so, you're kind of running through these like shore neighborhoods. People are out there cheering for you, right? So it's, you're kind of looking around. We're going, I, I went to school near there. So we go through Long Branch and I'm seeing the bars that we used to go to, right? So 
memories coming back. It was on a Sunday. One of the churches was giving out water, but also had their like choir out there, like this Baptist choir singing. So the neighborhood stuff is cool. Then you get to that strip, which for me was between like Long Branch and go, like going out to Asbury Park, where you just have the McMansions like on the shore and it's just nothing and it's dead. And that's where you kind of really get into your head. Right. So that's when you're, you got to push through, but then, um, but I think that first part, you know, you're just kind of flying. So um, the neighborhood definitely appeals to it, but then having that support staff with you where every couple of miles, you know, you're going to see somebody is awesome too. It's, it's funny. You mentioned that you ran by a church that was handing out water. Did you have any inclination to spit it out and go, this is wine. <laughs> what is he drinking? What is, uh, what is wine? <laughs> no, I just kind of wave past there. So, since we're on the marathon talk, so what I want to talk about, I found this article the other day. It was on men's health. It's called The 30 Weird Rules That Marathon Runners Have to Follow. Now, to me, when you say have to follow, it made it sound like these are like legit rules that are, you know, are set in stone, but they're really not. So, I want to talk about them. Because you guys have done it. I don't know. Maybe you convinced me by the end of this if, if I'll do it. But let, let's touch on a couple of these because I thought they were really fascinating. And some of them we'll go through real quick. Other ones we'll kind of like deep dive into. But the first one I found interesting, number one, no cursing. Fuck that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the first thing I thought of. Okay, no cursing. I get that. The Boston Marathon does it. I get it. I can't see myself really saying much in the middle of a run. Like, who's talking in the middle Agreed. of a run? Yeah. yeah. Are you yelling? Like what's going on? I agree with you. I mean, if you're playing basketball, if you're playing like something where you're competing with someone else, there might be swearing, but yeah, when you're either listening to music or you're, you're in your own head, you're not, you're not swearing out loud. Uh, I think you, well, I think what Nick just said too, like when you're competing against other people and competing with yourself, I think that's the biggest thing to keep in mind with this is like, I didn't do this for anybody else but myself. I didn't, you know, I was pushing myself. I was competing against myself, which is why I brought up if I do this again, I'm not going for the course record. It's like, what can I do compared to myself? So, yeah, I, I kind of think that's a big part of the marathon thing is that just knowing the purpose and the reason and and, you know, it's something that you do to achieve something for yourself, not for anybody else. Uh, and back to the cursing point. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I don't want to talk to begin with, but, you know, what am I going to do is just start <laughs> Going nuts on somebody. The only, exactly. the, only time, the only time I could see cursing, uh, Don and I did a half marathon together. Don, uh, I wanted to curse at Rick Moranis when he ran by. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't believe that was your first half, right? That was my first half. And I did it. We did it together. We finished with the exact same time. I feel like I – well, I'd done half before. Like I ran 13 miles before. That was my first like official half with like things involved. And I did it – we did it together like – I did it mostly because I knew I wouldn't bail if you were running. Like we didn't agree to run together. We ended up running together. But if I knew you were in the same race, like I would not bail if I knew someone was in the race with me. I PR'd on it. So like, (laughs) here we go. Uh, I'm looking at, looking at my board, 146, 14 for Chris's first half. So, um, but now that said, I, I was, I remember we got to about like mile three or four, right? There was this weird little turnaround, which was part on grass. Mm. I, I looked down and we had like a sub eight, like split. And I remember saying to Chris, like, Chris, literally it's a marathon, right? <laughs> it's not a sprint. Like 
you got a long way to go. We might want to pull back. And he said something like, ah, fuck it. feels good. Like, let's just go. <laughs> I had nothing. Let's yeah. feel good. Yeah. I'm like, all right. And, and I was just trying to keep up with him. I had the most trouble uh, on the hills on that. There are, there are a good number of hills. But I, I feel like the routes that you run, Chris, are more are hillier than the ones that I generally do on a daily basis. Yeah, they are. So, bad. But yeah, so I, want, I want to talk about real quick the Rick Moranis thing. I, I don't know, Nick, did I ever tell that story? Have I ever told that story? I don't think so. So Don and I, we're on mile 12. It had to be like mile 12. And it's the end of the race. Yeah. We're, we're not dying, but like, you know, you're on mile 12. Like we're, and we were going at a good, pretty good pace. So him and I are running not exactly next to each other, but there's probably like three or four shoulder lengths in between us. All of a sudden, this guy comes booking past us. <laughs> He's got on like glasses, regular glasses, like reading glasses, in no way strapped to his head. He's got on a plain T-shirt, and he's got on cargo shorts, and I don't know if they were New Balance, but they were like not running sneakers. Just blows past us. So we both are like, what the, like, we thought someone was like screwing around, or we thought someone from the, the audience just like decided to run with us. No, dude was in the race, finished with us. He looked like Rick Moranis, that's why we called him that. My uh, my wife did one where we caught, and I got a picture of it, and it looked like the Morton Fisherman. It was an old like salty dog with a white beard that was wearing like bright yellow. Same thing, kind of baggy cargo shirt. He looked like the Morton's Fisherman, just mm-hmm. like in the back. I'm like, come on, you can't you can't lose to this guy. But the, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's uh, it's kept. She said it's her favorite picture. I gotta I gotta <laughs> you know find a soundproof room here. <laughs> So the Morton Fisherman guy and the Rick Moranis guy bring us to point number two because that this is all I could think of. For number two, no drinking alcohol and running. So Philadelphia, you get to a neighborhood on about mile 22-ish or so, and it's uh, – you know, I, I took I took two shots. I think <laughs> they, were, they were giving us. I was like, I, thought, I mean, again, so different mindset, right? I would not have done that in the Jersey one, but the Philadelphia one, where I'm running a little more leisurely, crowds out there having a good time, and uh, had some shots out there. I was like, let me have it. It's freezing. It's cold. My wife's crying. Uh, <laughs> I can use a shot. So I think it's uh, it's circumstantial. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've taken a swig of a beer, you know, when I've, I've run by my old place when I was in, living in Nashville, you know. You've, you got to reward yourself a little bit. Now, I wouldn't do it, you know, every mile necessarily. I wouldn't bring my own out there to take a swig. But, yeah, Nick I think, all, like you said, Nick was always drinking the night before. Yeah, I, most of the time I, I carbo-load <laughs> on all my beer the night before so that I can go sweat it out the next day. Yeah, Nick does always drink the night before. Okay, oh, no, no thanks. Here's an interesting one you can explain to me because I don't, uh, I don't get it. Don't fold your bib. Yeah, so it says protect your bib at all costs. There's no cutting, folding, or bending of it allowed. Why would you fold your bib? Nick? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes it'll like you know they only give you two safety pins to pin it into your shirt anyway. Sometimes it'll like flip up. But it is weird. I remember doing my first marathon and everyone talked about, you know, your bib being like the holy grail. Like, do not mess this up. Like, do not lose it. Because it's, you know, back then it was what had your chip in it. Or a lot of times they still have the chip in it, not the ground your laces. So I was like freaked out. I was like, I mean, what happens if this thing falls? I don't realize it. Or like, what happens if I rip off the wrong part and I 
my time gets fucked up. So I don't know. It's it's weird that people still treat treat these bibs. I mean, everything's electronic now to like the nth degree that like you don't need a bib anymore to run. You're going to have your time. They're going to identify who you are. I think you'll be fine. It's I think it's a bull. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because like I always found it funny that so you have these bibs and like you said, everything is electronic and it's tracking you like Don and I did a race through a mountain where you could literally see like where the person was running at all times yeah. and they give you these things but then they're also like and here's two 1920s contraptions to pin them to your shirt <laughs> like we can't think of a better something better than two safety pins to put this thing on our chest like we can't figure out some velcro velcro contraption or something. Well, speaking speaking of the bib the thing that I did in the first marathon which just changed my life is I went putting it on my leg instead of on my chest. Yep. And the reason I did that originally was because I ended up stripping off a top layer. So I didn't want to have to worry about like my bib. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I started with kind of long sleeves. I saw my cousin Gina was at like mile 16, right? Took something off, threw it at her. Um, and then had like a tank finish ended up finishing in the tank. So, you know, for that purpose, I had put it on my leg and I was like, why don't I do this all the time? I find it so much more liberating to have it down there than kind of stuck across your chest. I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm never going back to the, uh, to the chest anymore. Well, and plus those pins, man. I mean, they, they're just asking for a nipple chafing, you know, when they're, <laughs> when they're up on your shirt. And so I, I know a lot of people, my, my college roommate who ran a lot and in high school, you know, he kind of was the one who really perfected my, my running. Um, he's always worn it around his, his leg. And he's folded it even more so to where it's like it's just the number. So it's as tiny as possible when you're running. So that's that's a clutch move. That's like a pro tip right there for anyone listening who's yeah. thinking about running. Like put it on your leg for sure because that, that'll make a world difference. Yeah, never going back. Uh, yeah. Ne next one. Uh, this one's going to be very debatable. Uh, you have to choose between music or the money. Not all races ban headphones, but the Boston Marathon does require that any race you're competing for a cash prize – forego music while running. Could anyone do 26 miles without headphones? I mean... Um, I'm not competing for money. I'll put it that way, particularly not in a marathon. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I would love to, but it's just not realistic. Do you think you could go... Uh, you know, but, maybe not the whole way. I don't think the whole way, but there are some... You know, I, I remember my headphones died in about the last two or three miles, which is probably where I could have used it the most. But again, that first part when you're through the neighborhood, part of me just like being in the moment and hearing the crowd and things. So, you know, not from a money standpoint or anything else, uh, but I, I kind of like the combination or at least the ability to turn it on and off. I, I don't think I could do it. The last thing I need is four hours in my own head. Well, you're a weirdo. You run with those big cans on your head anyway. I actually – Yeah, so, I wondered that. I'm surprised <laughs> that you run with those. Anytime I see you running, I'm always like, wait, he's doing a full marathon or a half marathon in these? <laughs> well, let me explain my full cans because Don and his wife make fun of me all the time. I have to explain where those came from. Uh, so I had the – I had the, I used my phone, and the headphone jack just stopped working. So those giant headphones were the only things that were Bluetooth that I had. And I can't wear earbuds. They fall out. Or, and if they do stay in my ear, I spend the entire time like doing this, like trying to get them in. The only time earbuds work is if it's winter and I can put the earbuds in and then put something over my ears to keep them in. 
So I just started running with, as uh, Don Wife's uh, jokes around, she, uh, she says, I look like I'm controlling air traffic and I'm going <laughs> to land a plane while I'm running. But in the winter, they come in handy because they're kind of like earmuffs because they're giant huge. I have switched over. I got a new phone. You know, now the jack works and I can, I do have smaller ones that go over my ear. So they have gotten a little bit better. I have joined the 1990s. In, well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say with that though, is uh, I got the Vivo uh, Active 3 music. Um, so I don't even run with my phone anymore. I just got the, the Bluetooth synced up to the AirPods. Um, I think the marathon was the last one I probably ran with my, with my phone. Uh, and part, partially it's because I had this big rash from just the, the armband on there too. But yeah, I don't even, uh, I need Bluetooth because I don't even run with the phone anymore. I just plug the music in. It's, it syncs up with Spotify. The watch does the Garmin. Yeah, just, nice. like, just like everything else in my life, I'm sure there's a better alternative. I'm just too lazy to look for it. <laughs> uh, so this one is uh, obviously in the more serious math uh, marathons. No costumes allowed. I mean, uh, I mean, well, you saw the Pope in the in the Philly one, right? The picture of the Pope. There's a guy right. dressed like the Pope in the Philly. Part I, look, do what you want to do. I, we, I run the Rocky one a couple times, which is kind of fun. It's a, more of a half, right? It's uh, yeah. It's there's a ten miler and then there's a five k and combine them. Uh, and everybody's dressed up like Rocky and Apollo and Mr. T and stuff. So it's fun. There's ones that are fun, right? Rock and roll is always like fun like that. The Philly, the Philly one you had Captain America was running near me, uh, which just so happens to pass when my daughters were right there and they saw me running with Captain America, which was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But like towards the end, it like get the hell out of my way. Like, you know, I, I don't want anything to do with it. But again, I'm trying to not worry about everybody else that's around me. Um, I think there's a time and place for the more serious ones. Like, I would prefer not to. <laughs> Nick, do you ever dress up? Yeah, I mean, I, I get Boston, you know, like it's it's kind of the holy grail, man. I mean, that's the one that everyone wants to compete for. That's the one that, you know, everyone wants to, to say I finished. Like, when you say I've, I've done a marathon, it's like, oh, that's great. Congrats. What was your time? And you talk about it. But when you say, man, I did the Boston marathon, there's always just a little bit more you know, distinction yeah, yeah. of you. So I get it. Not, not having people run in uh, costumes there. I'm with you, Don, you know, the rock and roll series, like those races are a little bit more fun. So when you're doing halves and fulls, you've got the people in the T-Rex or the, you know, as you said, like the Mr. T and Rocky outfits, it, it doesn't bother me. I would never do it. I mean, God, it'd be so fucking uncomfortable to be wearing something like yeah. that. That's like, you I know, as little as possible on me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm like, Give me the, the three-inch shorts with my balls basically, like, ready to fall out <laughs> and a tank top. Like, that's all I want. Like, if I could, I would run naked. Everyone around me would be terrified of that. But, I mean, I'm like, I don't I don't want a bunch of stuff chafing me, rubbing against me, sticking to me. Like, leave the costumes at home. Yeah. Well, Chris, I don't know if you get it during the halves, too, but, like, at some point, every little thing starts to bother you, right? Like, so, like you said, whether it's the chafer. I remember the first half that I did my socks started burning. I, my socks started burning. My feet were getting real hot. And for four miles, I couldn't think about anything but my feet and just it annoyed the hell out of me. So to your point, like the more stuff that's on there to bother me while I'm trying to do something, it, it would drive me insane mentally as well as physically. That's another reason I want yeah. to do a marathon. Something's going to piss me off and I'm going to be like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> socks. You got to find the gear, man. Yeah, it, well, it's like you said, Don, you'll get to a point, I don't know, like, I can I remember being 
at like mile 11 and 12. And I finally had reached my point where I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm full Zen, man. Like I can, I've gotten in my groove. I'm good. And then all of a sudden, almost like your guys' story with like the Rick Moranis guy, some dude just gets right in front of me and I had like wide open space. I was feeling good. And then all of a sudden this guy, he's like five feet from me. All of a sudden it pisses me off. And I'm like, he's going to now be there for the next five fucking miles. And I look at this shit and I can't pass him, but I can't stay behind him. Cause it's like, it's like you said, you just get in your own head. 26.2 miles <laughs> is a lot of time for you to just sit there and, either enjoy it or be like everything sucks in fairness i also get that way with 5ks and and smaller races with when people don't properly corral right so when those slow people get up in front of me or kids right that are just running for fun aren't in the back and i'm trying when you got that big mass in the front and you're just trying to find like you said finding that lane finding that groove to get into and you got to like weave and you're tripping over yourself because idiots aren't courteous enough to like get in the back when they're not like running fast on that. So I get more pissed off on like on those short runs where people aren't courteous, courteous, courteous enough and they like jam up the front and I have a terrible like opening mile because I'm bobbing and weaving from idiots. Yeah. You, guys are, you guys are in no way convincing me to do a marathon. You're doing, you're actually <laughs> doing the opposite. That was a 5K. Marathons, people are like more more cognizant of you know where they're starting. What they're in, in fact, the last three minutes gave me reinforcement to not do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one, I mean, I don't even know why the hell anybody would want to do this, but Nick, we have touched on this before. No stroller yeah. cloud. You know, I'm actually against this for probably the opposite reason you guys would be against it. Look, if someone wants to go push a, a fucking stroller 26.2 miles, like kudos to them. They actually deserve money. Don't let them listen to music. They should be competing for money because doing that sounds so miserable that you should literally get an award for, for wanting to and achieving that. Well, Not because the, of anyone. The kid should get an award. The poor kid yeah. has to sit yeah. in there for four hours. Right. Don, you've yeah. never done a stroller, have you? Not in a, not in anything more than a like fun runner or five k. Right. And, and but again, like go in the back, like that's fine. Just get out of the way from the people that are running. Like you know, even like sometimes Anne runs with a dog on some of the smaller runs. Mm-hmm. But she stays in the back. She doesn't get in people's way. She's not tripping at anybody. Yeah, fun runs. So I'm okay if you want to do that. Like to Nick's point, like knock yourself out. I would never want to do that. Yeah. But go for it. The, this next one obviously has to be for the uh, spectators. Uh, no fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> to go without saying I, we shouldn't even spend time on that <laughs> but I will, yeah. spend, I will spend time on this one because you both broke this no sideline boozing guilty guilty <laughs> both Don and I I mean someone hands you a beer man you take it someone hands you a shot you gotta you gotta take it you know yeah how is this different from the uh, drinking uh, oh so no I think that's for is that for spectators I know I guess I guess the no drinking was like, you can't be drinking on the course. Like, don't have a flask. I think this one is like, when yeah. you run by, if someone hands you a beer, a shot, like, not to do it. Look, man, do it. If you need it, you like, Yeah, as long as you don't mess with the other people running, like, that's just be respectful of the other runners. Like, no. I, The next one, I have no idea how you would even begin to enforce this. This is only for the New York City Marathon. No bulky clothing. <laughs> I don't... Oh, how do you how do you get to classify bulky clothing? 
I mean, if it's if it's twenty degrees out, I, sir, I'm this, wearing a jacket. Sir, this clothing is not bulky. I am fat under here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am the bulk. My clothes are not the bulk. I'm the bulk. Uh, this next one, Don, our buddy, uh, our buddy Joey cannot go on a run. No selfie sticks. <laughs> Should uh, go without saying. Yeah, we have a buddy who yeah. he is a tra- he is a trainer, and he does he does the selfie sticks after to kind of, you know, everyone, oh, we've done our run, let's take, he doesn't run with a selfie stick. But he, he's more like an, uh, an OCR racer, an obstacle course racer, so he is always carrying a book bag with, like, like a weighted book bag, essentially a sandbag, so he's always got, like, you never know what his knick-knack he's going to pull out of his, that. His, his backpack full of tchotchkes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, next one, Nick, I feel like you've broken this a bunch of times. No public urination. Yeah. Dude, when you go, you got to go. I mean, I wrote an article on Bro Bible about pissing my pants in the rain when I was running. You know, I mean, I guess that's public urination. I know this one's probably like pulling the side and peeing, but man, how much? This is a question for you guys. How much water, how much Gatorade do you drink either before or during a race? I mean, mm-hmm. even a half marathon, you're going to, it always happens right before. You know, you try to get it out. Yep. But, during the race, I mean, you're going to have to go to the bathroom sometimes. And if you're at mile eight, you've got five miles left. Like, you better believe I'm pulling the side and lifting up my, my, my shorts to take a leak if I have to. You know what I mean? I mean, fuck these, that, that rule. Like, that's kind of obscene. That, that is said, but while we're talking about, like, you know, uh, releasing uh, <laughs> th- that is the most like annoying part of like the race is, is the pre race lines for the bathroom yep. when everybody's trying to get it out. Half the people are shitting, <laughs> but those lines before the race, you are just like dozens, dozens deep, just waiting on that. That is, I, got, I wish there was a better system for that, but there's just a rush to the, to the porta potties right before the race by everyone. There is a better system, more porta potties. Yeah, just have more porta potties. Like when you get thirty thousand people running a race, in right. some cases, yeah, you've got to have more porta potties. Yeah, and you have to expect people who don't get to the porta potty and they're like, "Man, I'm trying to complete this in under you know four hours or under three thirty. I need to get on the course so I'm not behind people." They're going to go to the bathroom on the side of the road. Yeah, I mean, I, I again. <laughs> That's why I don't want to run a marathon. Uh, Nick, another one of your favorites. Watch where you spit. Always, man. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys think Don, about Don, this Nick one. spits like every three seconds. <laughs> I'm a spitter, and I think the mooch makes fun of me too because I, I do the snot rockets. Yeah. Like, oh, just, like just Next like level. that hand back and forth, right? Both. So I, I spit a lot and I do the, I do the snot rockets a lot too. I, I, I only once have some guy like kind of walk coming the opposite way, like on a trail, mm. like dude, relax. Like, uh, uh, I'm like, did, did it, did it hit you? Like, did it hit you? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be mindful of these things, but you know, you're a little dramatic there. Uh, but so yeah, I'm probably the one that's being warned about this stuff most of the time. Yeah. You guys spit way more than me. I don't spit that much. Uh, we're going to start wrapping them up. We'll go pretty quick. Oh, no camelbacks. I did not know that. You don't need a camelback. There's going to be water every mile or two. So I think you're just weighing your stuff down. But then again, like my wife trains a lot with them. And so for Philly, she wants to run with one. So for me though, I'm like, I don't see the purpose of having one. If you're going to have hydration stations all over the course. Yeah. Uh, Plus it weighs you down. Like you said, I can't run with all that stuff on. 
Um, next one, no pets. Go, go in the back with the strollers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with John. Uh, be on time. Okay, that's fair. Uh, th- this is just cheating. Don't give somebody else your number. There's a yeah. lot of I, I mean, well, I, were people stealing them? Like, I mean, that was the big thing. Dude, dude that started Foursquare did that, got busted for doing that a couple of years back, remember? Oh, that's right. Like, well, pre-race, not at the race. Like, someone gave him the number pre-race, right? No, no. What people do is, like, uh, you know, hey, I'll pick up my bib, right? <laughs> so people scan the bib, and then people just steal the numbers or the, uh, or the barcode. Like, so like when they're posting on social, like people are just making counterfeit bibs a lot of times. So yeah, I don't, I mean, if you're giving your number away, if you're not running, like selling a bib, like I'm not opposed to that. If somebody's going to use it, like use it. Uh, but yeah, I think the bigger, the bigger problem is don't be a dick. If you didn't, if you didn't make it, if you didn't, if you didn't make the lottery or didn't make the draw, like, yeah, don't, don't counterfeit or forge it. So I do have a question about that because I remember the Seattle marathon tweeting to me about this like six years ago. I hadn't signed up for the marathon. My friend was going to do it. It was a half. And I said, I jokingly said, well, I'm going to band it this, this half marathon. And they were like, please don't do that. If you want to, you know, run it, you can do the very last minute sign up for 125 bucks. And I was like, so wait a second, if I just want to go run, on a public space, I know it's being like marked off and stuff. You guys aren't gonna let me do it. Like, what if I run on the sidewalk and not on the on the on the actual like race course on the street? I don't take any of the the water or the food that you guys are riding. I'm just a pedestrian going for a run. Like, you guys are. What are you gonna do? You know. So I I kind of go back and forth with that. Where I'm like, I didn't sign up for this race, but I'm still gonna run 13.1 miles on the course and I'm going to take my own time and be like, I did it. So I understand what they're saying. Like, don't scan it, don't counterfeit it, but. Uh, well, look, like I'm Boston, little- I mean, yeah. Boston and ones like that that are charity or, you know, I think the other, the, the other reason is like, you know, there are costs and everything else that goes into it. And there are people that train and want it and go through the, you know, so I, I think in fairness, it's, it's a thing, but you know, the smaller ones, yeah, I, I, you talked about it before. There's a certain cachet to bigger races than there are to, you know, smaller local ones where you can run along the, <laughs> the sidewalk. Yeah, and, and I will say I didn't bandit it. I was put in my place and I thought, come on, you're, you're better than this, Nick. You're better than this. So yeah. um, just in the interest of time, we're going to start, like, kind of wrapping it up slightly, but I want to touch on these last two because I find them very fascinating. So the, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. One of the first one is – uh, you have to run a 15 minute mile. They usually, they usually have that in the sign up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, yeah, that's kind of upfront. <laughs> they, they tell I, you things like that. I've seen people that like, they're taking a long time to like get, there's well, people that, like take half the day. I, <laughs> I think the idea is what, like, walking four miles an hour. So that's 15 minutes. So even if you're going to walk it, being enough, like be in good enough shape to walk four miles an hour, which that sounds so brutal, man. I mean, what <laughs> eight and a half hours of walking for the full marathon? Like, I just feel bad for the people who are like, I'm gonna go do this today, and and they're like, oh, sorry, you were at 1502 was your average. It's like, what? <laughs> like, oh man. But you can say you did it. You get a shirt. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I did it. And uh, along those lines of doing the 15-minute mile, um, no doping. <laughs> it literally says no doping. I don't – Lance Armstrong, man. I mean, if you're, if you're a high-level elite runner, I get it. But if you're doping – to do your local marathon. <laughs> like, <laughs> be like, I'm getting under four. I doped. <laughs> like, these, are, these are like the guys down that we used to joke about that do HGH to play in slow pitch softball leagues. On the other hand, though, right? On the other hand, like, if it's not a competitive marathon, who cares? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Let them dope. I don't care. <laughs> right, right. You know, I don't care. Like, it's not like, I, I mean, if there's some type of win involved like if they're gonna i only care if the guy finishes right they're gonna they're gonna get a gift certificate to uh you know the finish line for a hundred dollars like you want to you want to dope for that knock yourself out okay so (laughs) if somebody beats me in my age bracket and for number one and they get a gift certificate i'm complaining i'm gonna say he dopes (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the race coordinators and go yeah i don't want to say anything but i saw that guy shooting up in a porta potty before this all started so Uh, so, punching walls afterwards. Yeah, like look at him; he's a little bit too big for this. So uh, yeah, so that's we'll put the rest of the list online. All, all the stuff is basically kind of standard. But um, I want to wrap it up uh, real quick because we didn't touch on it in the beginning. Don, explain a little bit about you, what you do in transition and uh, some of the people you work with. Sure. Um, yeah, I started a company called Transition Sports Entertainment in uh, 2014. Uh, I had come from. Uh, PR agency world. Before that, I was doing campaigns. I, I feel like I've lived uh, several lives in the last couple decades. Um, but yeah, transition was started with the idea of helping athletes uh, transition to sort of the next stage. Uh, my original co-founder was Keith Bullock, so speaking of Nashville, former Titan, uh, and was going back to get his MBA. Um, and, you know, had the idea of how do we build a company that'll take the things that I was doing in, in agencies and helping apply those to athletes themselves. And, you know, guys were saying, hey, I'm a business, I'm a brand, you know, I'm more than an athlete, but none of them actually take the time to invest as such and, and structure their teams the way that's going to have really sustainability for them. So trying to really educate guys and, and, and help them with that, the off the field stuff, the, um, you know, People say, oh, are you a marketing company? I really feel like we're more like a creative and a strategic agency for guys. Uh, and yeah, so we have uh, boxers. I'm wearing one of my boxers hats right now. Uh, we have three boxers, three Olympians, WWE wrestler, a uh, bunch of football guys, CFL, NFL, um, helping another guy um, you know, start sort of a foundation that came from XFL on the AF. So really guys all across the spectrum, a uh, couple nonprofits that we work with as well and some brands. Um, but, you know, overarching idea of, you know, building something that's going to last for 60 years, not, you know, the three years that they might have in a particular league. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> well, we want to thank you for coming on. And we wish you luck. And if you, any of, you know, your guys or girls want to come on the podcast, if they're into running or they're not into running, that'd be even better if we can convince them to run. I have some ideas. So, yeah, if you have topics like that, you shot me over with this list and stuff. And yeah. uh, I'll see who fits best. But, uh, you know, I've. One of them I mentioned was an All-American uh, high school uh, track and field. Uh, she's uh, an Olympian outside of track and field. I think could be a good guest. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see who fits. But this was this was fun. Like I said, I don't get to talk about this stuff too often. Yeah, well, you can come on again. And uh, Nick is going to take us home because I always fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Bad at I, I, I'm good at intros. I'm bad at outros. <laughs>
definitely appreciate you coming on, Don, and, and great insight. And uh, like you said, anytime we all get to chat about running, it's awesome. So remember, guys, to listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, you can find us on brobible.com. He is Chris Illuminati. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Illuminati. You can find him on Instagram at a message in a bottle. A with a bottle. With oh, you saw <laughs> A message with a bottle. I'm at It's Nick Domingo on Twitter and N Domingo on Instagram. So uh, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we will catch you soon. Thanks, everybody. See you out there. And that's going to do it for the show this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with a, uh, a regular show, hopefully, and a guest. Uh, i like to remind everyone to like the show, share it, go to iTunes. You know all the things I typically say. You know, share it with friends. Share it with enemies. Just just share it around and help spread the show. Um, that's going to be it. Uh, until next week, see everybody out there and stay fresh. Cheese bags.